WhatsApp Night Talk on 072-702-1702. 26 minutes past nine. As usual for South Africans doing great things slot, we have Umkaya Zuko Manjakazi. Zuko, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday. Zuko is the founder of Senzo. Welcome to the show, Zuko. I'm incredibly lucky to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, Uzugo is, of course, uh, Umkaya. And as we talk about Abakaya, it's that time of the year when Amakotuka are going home. But the likes of us, Gutuwa Singama, Gutuwa Sibizu, no, Amachipa. Amachipa. We don't go home. So we, we come from uh, far and we are called many names, economic migrants and those kind of things. So can you yeah. just take it back to your roots and where you come from? We're just going to go into the aspect of uh, Senzo. And uh, Senzo, of course, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great story. I'm going to mention this headline after you just introduce yourself. Thank you very much, sir. My name is Zugoman Tlagazi. I come from Tofimvaba, uh, from one of the remote rural areas within that space. I uh, got in, um, I moved from home. I basically, I think I flee home, right? Because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's difficult to be exposed to opportunities to connect to stuff that can really propel mm. you forward when you are in that part of the world. Mm. So yeah, I came to Johannesburg. I had no idea what I, what it is that I wanted to do at the time. So yeah, I, I learned a lot of things. Um, when I got here, I couldn't even speak English. Mm. I struggled a lot. Mm. Um, I, I self taught myself a lot of things. But one thing that I had lost hope with, it was our educational system. Mm. So what I did was, you know what, I went through 12 years of schooling, Mm. but I'm still struggling to communicate using the Queen's language. Mm. I'm not able to express myself. Hence, I'm missing so many job opportunities. So I did acting. Mm. But fast forward now to um, 2013. Um, In 2013, I went through some self-finding kind of uh, metaphors, kind of. Um, I wanted to get into business. I had a business that had failed. Um, I still didn't want to go back to corporate. I felt that corporate wouldn't give me the platform to, you know, expand that impact. But when I looked within my own environment, I realized, oh, hang on, there is a problem I've always wanted to solve here. Right. Luckily, my aunt, my 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 aunt, my, my aunt, uh, came to town, and uh, that was just a eureka moment when she was in town. Mm. Right. Um, my aunt has always been hard of hearing. Right. I noted this word when I was very, very, very young. I must have been about eight years when I noticed this. That everyone at home communicates with my aunt very, very, very unique and weird, mm. right? But no one was speaking about it. Mm. No, everybody, and then I, I couldn't ask a thing. You know, the rural setup mm, will teach you not to ask things mm. to the Especially elders, about and adults, and the challenges. Absolutely. Mm. So I never asked anything about it. But yeah, when I was a child, um, back then, um, twenty thirteen, I was like, uh, um, maybe. I still, I still couldn't question my aunt, what's mm. the situation and all of these things. But mm. at the ages of 13 to, I think, 21, I, I saw the brutality that people with the same condition as my aunt went mm. through. Mm. Especially um, in the rural. Absolutely. Uh, the I know the uh, one of the most degrading terminology that was used was Ebonela. 
this is now a terminology used to address or to speak about the person who is hard of hearing mm. or a person who is deaf. Mm. So, yeah, um, the person was referred to as Ibonela. And then when I tried to look now into... Um, this is now my aunt here staying in a flat with uh, her children, my cousins, mm. um, being concerned as to what if there is a sound that may happen there and then it's too late for my aunt to be alert to this life-saving sound, mm. right? And then wanting to find a solution, couldn't find it, trying to find what other people with the same um, situation with my aunt are using, still mm. couldn't find mm. it, and then figuring out, seeing that it's millions we have about 4 million deaf and hearing people in South mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. And there aren't really um, devices that speak to these, you know, um, environment mm-hmm. or that particular challenge, right? So, yeah, I started doing research and then I realized if this make if this makes sense to my aunt, chances are it will make sense to many other people as mm-hmm. well with the mm-hmm. same situation. Mm-hmm. So, um the journey started right there, right? It started from some internet cafe in Bramfontein. Um, I didn't, I didn't even realize that uh, the, the, a new journey is starting, a new um, narrative mm. now mm. Uh, starting, right? Mm. I was just curious, right? I mean, like at the back of my mind, uh, all this time I'm thinking a product like this is going to come somewhere, just like many it's, other... Pro- it should be out it there. Should, uh, yeah. It should be out there, yeah. like many other pro- uh, products, because... Of course, the product you're talking about is, 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 is Senso itself, and you're an entrepreneur, of course, and the, the headline that I was talking about, you're getting to it, is that you turned down half a million rand funding. Half a million? Yes, sir. And uh, on your journey to finding the right investor in itself... You're talking about the fact that you were in an internet cafe, you researched, and you came up with, with Senso itself. Yeah. You turned down half a million. Yes, sir. Well, um, w- w- when I'm applying my mind, trying to make sense out of it, mm. that's a difficult thing to do. Mm. But when you are in a room with someone that you cannot, you know, you, you cannot, you know, relate with in terms mm. of the vision of this that you want to achieve, it's quite easy. But mm. when you think about mm. it in literal terms mm. or in a, in, a, in, a, in a most, you know, logical way, that should be difficult. That's why, I guess that's why you're saying wow now. Mm. Um, but really it was easier for me to do simply because of the conversations that led up to that moment. Right. I think that's the biggest uh, issue that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, come to because when you're passionate, when something you're passionate about, there's no connection between you and the said funders themselves. And a lot of entrepreneurs, they ask, how do you get, how do you become successful in that aspect? And your why was significant to you. Yeah. It was so passionate to you. You wanted to deliver this and you didn't want a shortcut or you didn't want a quick payout in itself. Nope, sir. I have never, the journey has just been long. I mean, like I speak with my colleagues, uh, particularly my head of design, Vusi Kwabe. Mm. Um, Vusi, this is just a risk. I'm banned. This thing should be out there already, mm. you know. Zugo. But how did you justify it? Surely it wasn't just your decision. They heard, did you, were you transparent about the, the offer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what happened? Some of the things that really transpired, you know, towards that where um, the discussions, what it is that, I mean, like everyone that puts 
some form of resources towards mm. something, mm. they expect something in return. Mm. Now, this is uh, an early stage VC firm, right? Uh, obviously, now their expectations mm. is going to be equity. Mm. So that equity was 50%. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with departing with 50% equity. I wouldn't even have a problem with departing with 60% mm. equity mm. as long as that equity departing with it is justified. So when we were discussing and then looking into what was coming through, I felt that the product was going to lose its intended course right it was uh, the mm. african people mm. you know they were not going to benefit from the product the same way That's they such would a have selfless decision because it, it could have been immediate for me i mean you 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 yourself require you came from a very it wasn't easy for you you have finances you need to uh, there's an element of pressure financially for you as well absolutely so uh, how did you did you actually justify that reason to your partners themselves and say guys there's more. This is with more. How did you value your company and say it's worth much more than the five hundred thousand we were being offered for fifty percent equity? How did you justify it? Um, sometimes I say it was a foolish decision simply because uh, I went with a gut feeling there. Mm. Really, um, most early stages, uh, early stage startups, we usually don't have a data to justify the value of it is. You know develop our startups mm. so it was the same case with us as well there was no documentation so now we argued back and forth about this mm. what could this startup be worth and stuff and then yeah i remember telling the guys no you're gonna have to appoint um, um an independent auditing firm to do the evaluations mm. and then you're gonna have to pay for this my gut feeling is telling me that 50 percent is this much these guys are like, no, this is crazy. It can't be that much. Mm. Then I'm saying, no, it is that much, right? But really, one thing that was because really because I'm sure they, they threw monetization models at you, where they they, they had financial forecasts, absolutely, they had an ROI, they had percentages there, and of course, you also were factual in it. You weren't just passionate and just said, no, listen, I think it's worth much more. How did you quantify your rebuttal to it? We. We'll, Looking at um, future future earnings, okay. looking at the, the impact, um, the metrics we're going to use to 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 to, to monitor the, the the impact. You know, sensor is. We've said this when we discussed between myself and the mm. guys that we are more than just a company, right? We are. Um, it's more than just making a quick mm. buck. It's mm. all about impact because the problem we're trying to solve here is very closer to home, right? Uh, particularly with myself. Mm. So um, I looked into that. I looked into um, what it is that these guys are going to help us, you know, um, you know, when we have to identify social impact mm. together ourselves as a startup and them with their expectations models and all of these kind of things what could be um the metrics we could design to you know monitor impact i was not satisfied with that mm. and then there was some form of 
resistance from their side in terms of our metrics and da 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 because our metrics are soft, they are not profit driven, that mm-hmm. type of a mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like uh, we were talking just about a week ago, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really, 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 we are a business. We are not going to rely on, 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 on handouts, on grants, on, 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 on donations, that type of a thing. But really, we focus less on profit margins. Our priority is actually impact. Yes, we are going to work on other versions mm. where we get to, uh, you know, have a metric that focuses on on on, on profit margins, okay. that type of a thing. But for now, really, because of um, the difficult environments which we've seen mm. uh, the deaf community struggle. Mm. I mean, like I could tell you stories now mm. because while we have con- we've been conducting our R and D, mm. there's things we have seen. The things I mean, like the other time we we were meant to record a session we were having with one of uh, uh, it's a deaf family. It's out in Orange Farm. Um, the mother is deaf. The father is deaf. Now because of um, these uh, genes, mm. four kids in the household. There's four kids. Three kids are deaf, one is normal hearing. Mm. The normal hearing child is about 13 years old, but this 13-year-old is hardly ever outside playing. I mean, like, I believe that, you know, we learn from different sources. You learn at school, you learn from your peers, you learn from other stuff. This kid is missing out from learning from own peers, Mm. simply because he always has to be this assistive tool in the household. So there's this form of um, agents from our side to get mm. the solution out there in the market. Uh, some of, we even want to ban ourselves in mm. terms of, you know, not caring much about the profits, mm. but the impact. Obviously, the business, it has to grow. Mm. But for the business to grow, we need those profit margins and all of those kind of things. I'm, I must conf- commend you for the, just, the sheer selflessness of this exercise. Of course, um, the, your startup, Senzo, has developed a wearable wrist device that detects sound and communicates them, communicates them to the user through vibration and LED lighting, alerting them to potential danger. The product is aimed at solving what you describe as a significant challenge for millions of deaf and hard of hearing people. We're going to, we're going to discuss more about uh, your incredible journey as well. And it's just been so great. I want to discuss as well um, what the developments are, where the gaps are as well, and your team. How did you get your team together? You started off in, the, in, in, in Bram. Yeah. And how did you find, it's always about finding the right people to work with initially. And yeah. um, just after the break, we're going to talk about how you developed this incredible team. Call Night Talk on 011 18 minutes uh, past 9 o'clock, uh, rather 18 minutes before 10 o'clock, uh, time has rushed past and uh, beyond my own comprehensions it seems. And of course we're talking to our our South African doing great things, Zuko Mandlakazi. He is the founder of Senzo and um, he turned out, like, I keep almost asking the same question of how you turned down half a million rand and it just talks to the complex matrix of, uh, of of obstacles, of opportunities, of pitfalls that the entrepreneur encounters. And uh, I, I want to start, first of all, you started in Bramfontein. Yeah. And you were in an in internet cafe. Now you've been offered this incredible amount of money. How did you put the right team together? It's always about the right balance when putting your team together. Who's part of your team? And how did you convince these in, in individuals to have the same mindset and passion and drive to even... Take, turn down the offer itself because of a bigger vision. How do you sell this vision? Um, more than just an idea or a product that solves a particular 
particular problem, right? Investors are usually behind the team. They even say this, we bet on a jockey. So, um, yeah, we, I, I've really been lucky to be exposed to ecosystems that, you know, um, would have these incredible talents mm. and all of these kind of things. One ecosystem, um, it's put together by the Innovation Hub out in Pretoria, mm. Linwood. Mm. Um, the, that space is buzzing with incredible talent. You know, I've met all sorts of um, back-end developers, the, you know, like the guys that get to smoke every uh, two seconds. Some guys that have long ponytails, some they go to work just wearing shorts, that type of a thing. So, yeah, I was exposed to that. And then there was another ecosystem uh, by MLab Southern Africa. Mm. And then, yeah, through these ecosystems, then, you know, I was... Mm you know like i had an access okay. to identify guys that i can work with but i think the 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 a miracle if i can put it like that was when i met a guy who works for a company that's a third designer to one that's a third party okay. designer okay. to the richest tech company in the world I, I think we all know who that is mm. so yeah just in case we don't <laughs> apple mm. So yeah, this this is an individual that's really uh, moved us really, you know, in terms of the design, mm. design for manufacture, that type of a thing. I mean, like recently, I had to, we had to go to China, right, just to shake hands with our some of our colleagues. Before we take that. it abroad, can can you tell us more about the product itself? Can you tell us um, the feature, the product, just the detail in, in, into the product, so that our listeners have a better understanding of what Senzo is and what it does. Fantastic. Basically, the product is um, aimed to deaf and hard of hearing people, uh, people who are 65 years or above, because as we grow, our hearing ability, it goes down. Um, It's also for everyone who have said, oops, I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. That's a normal hearing person. Mm -hmm. Um, What it it does basically is it detects sound. It then interpret that sound into a soft touch vibration and color-coded LED light. Mm. For example, you could be wearing it now and you want to be alert. Maybe three sounds that could be very important, that could be important for you in this building. It Mm. could be Mm. your child crying, a forced entry sound, safety evacuation alarm, intercom, Mm. those four sounds. Mm. So now if you want the device um, to alert you that someone is doing a false entry, intruding your home, you can, you know, coordinate that color okay. into a pink, uh, that sound into a pink color. Mm. And then your child crying, that could be blue, um, intercom, that would be red, right? Mm. So now you have three sounds. Each sound is linked to a particular color, all of these col- how colors. Accurate, how accurate is it? That's incredibly accurate. If you put if you put a door knock sound or intercom sound to blue, mm. it's going to give you that. When a person is knocking or when an intercom is ringing, the device is going to detect that and then it's going to vibrate. The LED light is going to be blue and then you'll know ah, intercom or someone knocking at the door. So the, the, surely the sound waves have unique uh, fingerprints, would you say? They're, they're unique in how they're being recognized for it to be translated to a specific color. Yes. The sound waves are very unique. So a knock on the door, an intercom, it's quite distinct. Absolutely. That's how um, we're very excited about this. Um, 
this is a development. This is an R&D of about 18 months. This is a work of 18 months to achieve this functionality. Oof. This is working. Now we've just been doing some small touches to the device. And then I think I can put my head on the block now and say the device is going to be available within the next three months. Hello. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then now when the device detects your, your, your child and then you, you may have color coordinated mm. a sound made by your child to ping when a child cries. And yeah, the device, the, the device is going to vibrate mm. and the LED is going to be pinged. Then, you mm. know, it's my, it, it's the child, you know, um, the applications are quite broad. You mm. know, you can always discard the kind of sound you don't want the device to alert you to. For example, if you're staying closer to the police station, um, uh, siren may not be an important sound to you. You can let the device to discard that. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much its functionality there. All right. Can you tell us about um, the, the successes behind it? You mentioned that you went to China. What have been the highlights with your journey with Sensor? And uh, what are the highlights? What are the achievements? You know, this other time I received an email and then um, it came from the Eureka Innovation Week. This is an organization in Sweden. Mm. They were inviting me to give a talk on smart cities because this is what this device, the core essence of our product yes. is like that, is to help us as people to realize an inclusive um, society, mm. right? Uh, where there isn't, not necessarily there isn't, but where the communication gap between deaf and hard of hearing people Normal hearing people, uh, normal hearing people, and life-saving sounds. We just basically reduce that communication gap using this tool. Mm. So, according to these guys in Sweden, they were like, "This is what smart cities is about. Mm. It can't get any smarter than this mm. in terms of smart cities, inclusive society, and that type of a thing." So, please come through, accept this, give us a talk on how we can achieve smart cities. I went there, stayed a week, did all of these, uh, had B2B meetings, uh, pitching. I also declined some investors there. Uh, one investor that I particularly declined, he was like, okay, you're looking for 500, uh, what's this, 250 pounds? Oh, why we are you, can, de why are you we, declining we, investors? We could triple that, but we just require you to deregister your company in South Africa, move to to Sweden mm. but I couldn't stomach this again mm. right well that was before this 500,000 mm. right so uh, I couldn't do that I couldn't do register I've seen a lot of this mm. I, I've seen this happen many times a lot of companies where they get to be registered in their countries of origin mm. then they get to be moved because of these investments I mean like Skype for example mm -hmm. sorry to mention mm. Skype for example it's a, it's a product from Sweden but nobody knows this Hmm. Simply because I'm an investor in Silicon Valley, they were like, yeah, we're going to invest this much. Oh, you need this much? We're going to triple this, provided that you deregister in your original country and move to USA. Even safety belts, a safety belt in your car, this is a, uh, a Sudan, you know, innovation. Hmm. But it's, it, it, it came to the world as an American you're not innovation. the first innovator from South Africa who's been recognized from outside our shores. We have so many innovative tools. That's it. Yeah. I've talked to so many entrepreneurs who, have, who, who, who are articulating the same story about the excellent minds they are in the M-Labs and the innovation hubs. Why does it take foreign countries to recognize this vast talent before we are able to say, hey, 
this this person is doing right? Why can't we do it ourselves? Is it because of Sweden being more advanced than ourselves? Can't we recognize a smart pro- a smart product that is a social entrepreneurship tool that is so mm, vital? Mm. It's critical. Why does the, why does acknowledgement count from from international before it comes in South Africa itself? Oh, that's a very important question. This you are touching on something that I'm really really. This conversation, kind of, I'm very passionate about this, just based on my journey and all of these kind of things. The main reason to that is actually resources. I mean, like, these countries are rich. These kind, I mean, like, in South Africa, we have bread and butter issues. The, fair, focus, fair the, the focus is actually on R and, uh, RTP houses to get people more grants, unemployment and all of these kind of things. Compare unemployment to South Africa, to Sweden, for example. The figures in South it's Africa, true. they're ridiculous. Out there, oh, right? And another thing, you know, this is one thing that uh, I've seen a lot of in, incredible minds fall along the way. Mm. Simply because, I mean, like here in South Africa, like for example, guys like Mark Zuckerberg, mm. what happened to them, uh, like his rent is taken care of, everything else is taken care of. Then he's able to focus now in his bigger vision. Mm. A South African, typical South African like myself, who had to worry about uh, catching a taxi to town. Primary. This is Difficult to focus on a bigger picture now because issues, yeah. all, all of these kind of things now they get us to 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 abandon all of these kind of things. A, 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 a good example that I always mention it frustrates the heck out of me. These, yeah, these beautiful innovation hubs, these incredible buildings that are in Santon. Yeah, yeah, and. From a rural location, you come to the city, you can barely afford an RDP house in, uh, in, 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 in Soweto, for example. Yeah, yeah. And then the entrepreneurship hub is built in the city. Mm, mm. I actually experienced this back in the time, um, in 20, 2014, March 2014, when I started doing a lot of trips to the innovation hub. Even my significant other used to walk with me. I used to walk from... Shout out to the sister, by the way. <laughs> yeah, shout out sister. Power to you. Um, so what we used to do was um, we'd walk about 30 minutes from where we jump off from the taxi, we walk all the way to the, the innovation hub uh, location. But big out to the innovation hub, what they've mm. done now, mm. they've taken the innovation hub to the masses, to the people. They have won at, uh, people just who actually yet, need in it. Alex, Soweto, and all of these other areas. It's incredible. They've done well there. But yeah, I think if we can do, we can get all of these other guys to do, uh, you know, something similar, that would be incredible. So um, just to um, wrap up uh, with regard to the trends amongst all the investors you approached overseas and uh, the South African investors, what's the big difference between South African investors and uh, investors overseas? Overseas, they can throw money to you at an early stage. You can just rock up and say, our idea is this and that and that and that and that. Here, here's our team. If they, if they fail, they, they believe in you. Mm. They will put in the money. In South Africa, there is a gap between these type of funding. You know, mm. I mean, like early stage or seed funding mm. in South Africa is almost non-existent. Mm. There are funders for growth just to help the business scale. But before you can get there, you actually have to go through sin. Recapitalization of yeah. two years of a business, for example. Do you think we look after that? We talk about black industrialists, but do you know how much it costs just to have a factory? Yep. Yeah, I have a friend yeah. whose father went to buy a machine in Germany, just a, a, a part, for mm. 250 million rand. Uh, 
just before we uh, we lose a um, chunk of time, it's just uh, move so quickly. Can you just share with us um, what the future is, wh- what the future lies, uh, where the gaps are, where would you need help, and also the contact details? Where where can we find Senso as well? Um, Senso, really, for now, our website is not live as yet, uh, but we are quite responsive when it comes to social media platforms. Uh, at Twitter, we are at Senso Sensoza at S-E-N-S-O-Z-A-R on Facebook with the same S-E-N-S-O-Z-A-R um, yeah the future for Senso we we our immediate short term plan now is just to get our device out there to the hands of the people that need it and then immediately collaborate with um, institutions mm. uh, there's a number of institutions we've been speaking with um, simply because these institutions they are passionate I mean, uh, they are passionate about what we do in terms of inclusivity Mm. right they do this through selling other kinds of products so all of these institutions they've really been excited Mm. some they've they've given us i can imagine the schools and yeah um, and we have about 45 deaf schools in south africa mm. one thing i think it would be um it would be injustice if i didn't say this um there is one thing that we've I've, I've, I've noticed over time during our R&Ds and all of these kind of things. The fact that the deaf community, this is a, a population of about 4 million deaf and out of hearing people, but you hardly ever see an advert that's aimed to, to that particular community. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't eat. It's like they don't bath. Nothing. There is no advert where there are you know very few adverts where there are subtitles very few adverts where well there's no advert that has mm. a person that's interpreting mm. so i it's one of the things that that i'd, I'd really like to call out now um uh, people within that space they have to start thinking about innovative ways to realize um an inclusive society but yeah just uh to wrap up your question on uh, how's the future looking like for sensor yeah um we are just on our final lap in terms of getting the product to the market and then yeah soon enough we'll be doing many other products now i mean i mean like we've had people uh, I'm one of them too where I've said oops I'm sorry I didn't hear it okay. the plan really the philosophy of the company is to create tools to help people be more present right. but we just felt that definitely of hearing people are a priority for now that's our South African doing great things Zugo Mandlagazi thank you so much for your time Zugo I've been very fortunate to be here sir Cheers. thank you very much